What is going on, my friends, my people? It's Cooper. This episode of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast is brought to you by Midwest Meals. My friend Dan Beck, who has been on the episode, and I am teamed up and we're doing some cool stuff. Midwest Meals, located in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We're talking meals ready to heat and not crap either. The healthy stuff, the good stuff, leaving you with no more excuses to not eat healthy because it's faster than going through the drive-thru. Check out MidwestMeals.com. You can create custom meals, build your own perfectly designed meal to hit your nutrition needs. Pick your protein, pick your carb, pick your veggies, and from over a thousand combinations, and they're all made fresh. You can also pick out from their signature meals an online rotating menu of 12 different meals. Many come with a double protein option. You can check it all out at MidwestMeals.com. Oh, and by the way, they ship across the country, so you just go online, MidwestMeals.com. You put together your cart, your meals for the week, they'll ship it out to you. Boom, it's at your door, and you're eating good for the entire week, wherever you are in the country. We had the jerk chicken last night. Damn, that's better than restaurant quality, and it came from Midwest Meals. And listeners of this podcast, check this out. On your initial order at MidwestMeals.com, use the promo code COOPER at checkout, and we're going to get you 10% off. That's 10% off your initial order using the promo code COOPER at MidwestMeals.com. Podcast is also brought to you by Monster Energy. Monster Hydro is my new favorite thing. I didn't even know it existed. And all of a sudden, I tried some, and it has changed my life. Hydration and energy all in one. Find Monster Hydro at a store near you. And if you're preparing yourself to maybe doing some fall and winter bulking, check out Muscle Monster as well. The podcast is also brought to you by Violent Gentlemen Hockey Club, VGHC, all over your social medias. Check out their awesome line of fall wear hoodies. It's hoodie weather, and you're going to want to be rocking that Violent Gentlemen Hockey Club for the upcoming hockey season, or just because it's badass. Seriously. VioLentGentlemen.com. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. They're on the Twitter. Just search for Violent Gentlemen. we got some cool giveaway stuff coming up with Violent Gentlemen here in the next couple of episodes. Speaking of episodes, dropping a new one right now. My buddy, my friend, my bearded homeboy from Texas, Matt Jimmy James, frontman of Blacktop Mojo, is on the Welcome to Cooperville podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. www. <laughs> Stop that! The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. <laughs> Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Matt Jimmy James, leader of the Ginger Beard Army. Yes. Doing the thing is on the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm well, man. The beard's looking good, man. You're looking like you got it's freshly oiled. You got you got some good shit going on over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I washed it today. That's good. I mean, <laughs> Your beard's looking pretty good too, really. You know, it, it's a it's a process. This was. Uh, you didn't have that the last time I saw you. No, no, I was I was babyface, and then uh, you know I got let go from radio, and I wanted to look homeless. 
for a bit. Yeah. And um, and I accomplished that for a while, but no, it's you know it's starting to come in. Feeling good about it. Homeless is the end thing now, dude. I know. I, mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like a fucking man now. You know, like I walk into places, I'm like, yeah, it's fucking right. Yeah. Don't you forget, I'm I'm here. I'm at the I'm at the gas station. Getting, getting you feel some. like you could have feel like you could have survived in the old west. You know? Oh, absolutely. Pioneer shit. You know, and yeah. I'm and I'm working on the I'm working on this too. You know. Oh yeah. Some of that shit going on, but I've never been able to pull that one off. I feel like I'd look too much like a like a young Santa Claus. <laughs> Well, that's the first thing my kid said. He's like, so, like, Dad, like, you and Santa, like, you're going for that look? I'm like, it's no gray in there yet, dude. Like, settle down. You're nine. <laughs> he's, at least he's sharp, dude. <laughs> like, I got years left before that. And, and when that shit happens, man, I'm going to the the beard doctor, and I'm getting some fucking color in that thing. There you go. But, no, uh, Black Top Mojo, you know, we, we connected uh, several years back in my years in radio. You know, it was, uh, you know, uh, Where the Wind Blows, it had just dropped. And, um, you know, you guys were hard and heavy after that, but, you know, a lot of this, you know, I want, I want to talk about, you know, about you and, you know, finding your path into music and, uh, and obviously you got some, you know, some big things coming up uh, in the next week, you know, less than a week. I know you guys are on the hustle after that, but you know, when you go back, there's a lot of bands out there that, that jump on doing a cover song and, and do a really fantastic job at it. Blacktop Mojo takes one of the biggest rock anthems ever, like in the history of fucking rock and roll and kills it with dream on the dream on cover. I remember watching that video for the first time. I think even before you guys hit the studio, uh, for the, uh, for the last record for burn the ships. And I was like, fuck dude, <laughs> killed it. Thank you, brother. It was a fun one to do, man. It's uh, I'm really glad that everybody, Liked it because that, that kind of could have gone one or two ways, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a fork in the road with that one. Yes, there was a fork. I'm, I'm glad that it went the positive direction where, every, where you know, most people were most people were on board with it. So. <laughs> Did you get, you know, when you go through a process like that and this kind of, you know, goes back, you know, to you know, even when you're starting to find your vocal range, obviously you can you can hit a lot of everything. But the process in your mind or, you know, as part of the, you know, putting a song out there, you know, do you go, damn, this is. It's a big chunk. I mean, that's a big chunk to chew off. Luckily, we recorded that one kind of, it was a pretty low pressure situation, you know? Yeah. I mean, we weren't planning on doing it. Um, we weren't really, we hadn't really started posting very much stuff on YouTube or anything mm -hmm. like that at the time. So we kind of just went out there and had fun with it. And uh, I remember it took us two days. Like, so we went in there and recorded the the bulk of all the instrumental stuff. And, mm. and, uh, I remember I, I took a crack at it the first day we were there and everybody was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But, uh, I went out there the next day kind of with, and, uh, where nobody was there. Mm. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was holding anybody up, you know, cause right. the studio was like, right. It's in our, where we recorded that one. It was in our hometown here. So like everybody kind of wanted to go home. It was the end of the day, you know, it was kind of one of those things. And I felt like I was kind of holding everybody up, but so I went, went, I went back out there the next day and uh, it was, like I said, real low pressure situation and just kind of messed around and, uh, figured it out, man. Yeah, I don't, that's good though. You know, and I know you guys took some time with this, uh, with this latest record that's coming out next week and, and we'll get into that, but you know, to flash even further back, how does a kid from Rusk, Texas, yeah become a Chicago fucking bears fan. I mean, w w there's got, there's gotta be some family connection there. Cause that just doesn't like implant itself down there. 
that that is 100 percent true that's right. cowboy country for sure um, <laughs> it is got made fun of a lot um but uh, my family my, a lot of my family or most of my family is from uh illinois mm-hmm. from uh the southern illinois peoria area so um i'm uh i was born a bears fan unfortunately well unfortunately until the last couple of years yeah right? so all of a sudden yeah. all of a sudden it looks good to be a bears fan right you feeling good about this year? I mean, you got, I mean, Trubisky's looking good. I mean, he's looking at the last couple of years. Uh, you know, some people, I think when they drafted him in the, in, in the way, way in the draft that they drafted him, yeah. there was some question marks, but you know, kids been able to pull it together the last couple of years. I mean, the one thing we've been missing is a good quarterback. I mean, we had Rex Grossman, uh, <laughs> last time the Super Bowl, and, uh, that didn't go so well. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about it, man. I mean, we got Khalil Mack now. He's a pretty unstoppable force. I mean, uh, uh, David Montgomery's looking good. Mm. You know? So, I don't know. We'll see, man. Yeah, and I, I'm really happy that the NFL and, and luckily Bears fan, Packers fan, Right. I, I, I'm not sure. And especially, you know, you, your vibe growing up in, in Cowboys country, America's team and all that bullshit – but I don't think I don't think there's any better way for the NFL to have chosen to kick off uh, their hundredth season uh, than Bears Packers on Thursday night. I mean, it's it, it's got to be the oldest rivalry in the yeah. game, right? I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's and it, it's cool too because I feel like they're pretty right now. You know, you guys got a new coach and all yeah. that kind of stuff. They're pretty they're pretty evenly matched, so I feel like it's going to be a pretty pretty good game. You know, nobody's going to get blown out. You know, I've been watching the whole offseason, you know, with uh, with Matt LaFleur now as the coach, and I have never seen – obviously, you know, Mike McCarthy was a tremendous head football coach, you know, Super Bowl champion, uh, consecutive, you know, playoff appearances. But the reaction of the female gender when Matt LaFleur <laughs> was hired, I was like, oh, yeah. what – where, where y'all ladies been like the last, you know, 20 years jumping on board the Packer bandwagon like, yeah, I'm going to watch the games this year. I'm like, wait, what? Like – Oh, handsome head football coach. That's what it takes, I guess. I mean, same thing as Patriots fans. So I feel like <laughs> no. they really like that Bill Belichick. He's got that. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got that handsome. I meant more Brady. Oh yeah, yeah. I, oh, oh, I know. My my wife, my <laughs> wife is diehard. But Patriots. that hoodie, that hoodie though. Oh, <laughs> Darth hoodie man. <laughs> you, yeah. don't, you don't mess with Darth hoodie. No. Uh, so growing up in Texas, a lot of musical influences can come, you know, from that area. You know, where do you remember music first kind of finding its way into your life and, you know, kind of becoming part of the fabric of who Matt James became? Um, I remember I got a, I asked, I don't remember why, but I asked for a guitar for, um, my dad had been playing me, uh, a lot of Van Halen records Mm. and stuff. And like, he would always pause on eruption Mm. or whatever, like, and, and make sure that I was like, he was like, I saw him do this live. He's like the best guitar player of all time. You know, dad's a big Van Halen fan. Yeah. And uh, so I always thought that the guitar was cool. So I, I think that's one Christmas I asked for a guitar. I think I was probably 11, 12 years old, something yeah. like that. So I had one kind of sitting in the corner of my room for forever, and I would pick around on it. But I'm not, I'm not still not very good at it. But, <laughs> I, mean, um, I was always – it just kind of – something pulled me towards it and I always just liked messing around on the guitar and stuff like that. And, uh, I was in a church youth group in Rusk. Um, the, 
wasn't a lot to do and a lot of my friends were you know went to this church and stuff and um we were at this lady like a barbecue kind of thing um at one of the church ladies the ladies that went to the church's house and we were walking through her house and she had this old guitar actually i have it right here i know this is just audio oh it's all good just old fucking toy guitar yeah. right here. Um, and I put real strings on it and everything. You know, I, uh, this is back before Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So I would sit out in the garage and, uh, we had a TV out there and, uh, I would just pick around on the guitar and I, I, I would, I started teaching myself chords and stuff. Um, and this is around the time I was probably a senior in high school or something like yeah. that. Um, and I was dating this girl from another town, like from actually from Palestine, yep. uh, where where we live now. And uh, I would call on the phone every night, and I would try to play her songs. And she would ask me, you know, hey, can can you learn this song? Can you learn that song? And that's kind of like how I learned how to play different chords and stuff. Huh. So, have you ever sent her a thank you letter? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like uh, find. No, I, I have. I have sent the the lady from church. She actually. Mm. Uh, she, we were walking through her house, and and uh, I got kind of lost on the tour, right? And I, I just picked up this this toy guitar, yeah. and I was picking around on it. And she was like, why don't you bring it outside? And, and I was picking around on it basically the whole time. And uh, when we went to leave, I went to give it back to her. And she was like, you've played that guitar more than anybody has in the last 20 years. Why don't you just take it home? And uh, so that was – they her I have sent a thank you letter to because <laughs> otherwise I probably wouldn't have learned right. how to play any kind of guitar. She was so. uh, she opened the gateway. She opened the door. She that's, did. That's cool, man. So, you know, when you're, you know, you get to that, that high school age, obviously, uh, you know, find that chick on Facebook and be like, Hey, thanks for making me learn chords, you know, for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And making me drive to Palestine, uh, or Palestine, Texas. And then when you, you know, there comes a point, I think where you can make a decision whether music is going to be like a thing that you like do on the side. It's something that, yeah, you know, I can pick up a guitar and play it or it's something you're going to try to make a life out of and right and you guys being you know i want to say in your infancy because you you have you know you've been around for a little bit it's a struggle you know it's not as uh i want to say easy as it used to be but there's many more challenges uh out there uh so where where do you go and and find your way into okay yep music is going to be my my thing and i'm going to dedicate basically every day of the week i mean there's there's no off days in music no um, I was, I was in college and I, I lived, uh, I had a room by myself, which was cool. Um, so I used to just play guitar and I would make these YouTube videos and stuff. And I started putting them out there, um, for like my friends and stuff to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I play at parties a lot and, uh, I just always found, uh, I think it was the thing that I found more, more joy in than anything else. Like I, I went to school, um, I thought I wanted to be a doctor at one point. Um, I, I I got my uh, degree and everything, cause um, but besides the point, like when I was tr- when I was supposed to be studying, I was I was I was always playing the guitar um, or, or trying to learn new songs or sing or or you know what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I I one day just decided. I remember telling my dad and uh, I was like, I really just want to do this, and he was like, Well, finish college, and then you can do. <laughs> Right. Thank God he did that. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, but he was like, if you finish college, you can, you can give it a shot. I mean, you're young and you know, all that ended up graduating, moving back, 
moving back home here. Um, and I met our drummer, Nathan Gillis, um, when I was working, I was working at a coffee shop and I'd play, um, you know, like every other weekend or something like that. Um, and, uh, we ended up meeting up through some mutual friends and stuff and kind of like, we would write each other off. We'd run into each other at parties all the time and people would be like, Hey man, this guy can sing. Hey, this guy can play the drums. We'd be like, whatever, man. <laughs> and, uh, one night we ran into each other and we were just hammered drunk at a, at a, at a country concert, uh, Cody Johnson, if you are familiar with country music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, we were, I barely remember it, but like, I was like, Hey man, I'm playing at the coffee shop tomorrow. You should come out. And, uh, luckily he remembered. And, uh, that, <laughs> That night, he uh, he invited me back to his house. He had a drum set set up in his living room, and uh, he just went he went to town on it. And I was like, "Damn, dude! Like, I right. mean, he's a good he's a good drummer." Don't tell him I said that. I won't keep uh, this, keep it. Out. We'll we'll edit that part out. <laughs> keep that on the down low. <laughs> but uh, that night, we just uh, we sat on this fuck we sat on his balcony and and uh, drinking whiskey and and plotting to take over the world and start a band. We had no idea what that meant though. So. <laughs> We're gonna figure it out, though. Exactly. We've been figuring it out. And we're, we're still figuring it out still as we go. Along, hey, so. but you got the. You know, I have, and I, I'll hang on a second. I'm, I better grab it. I know this is just audio, but right. Fucking things oh. I ever got. There you go. When I was in radio, and it was weird because I, and maybe maybe that's why I'm not in radio anymore. Because I used to have. <laughs> uh, this was sitting on like if anybody walked in my office, my desk was facing towards the door, and this was was facing out there, and there was always like a little bottle. Of, uh, Jack or a bottle of Jameson that was open just because you never know. Right. Uh, but this one remained sealed. Right. Still is to this day. So you guys got the whiskey figured out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Collectors, Texas Silver Star whiskey, man. Yes. Collector collector's item, right there. That's awesome, dude. You're not. You're the. You're the second. Uh, second DJ that we gave all those bottles to that I've seen that still has it sealed and everything, which. It's for drinking, man. Like, I know. I, trust I'm me. Gonna have to, we're gonna have to come up there. We're gonna have to crack that thing open. <laughs> we're gonna. I got. I got room in the studio down here. We'll. We'll make some magic happen, and we'll finally. Uh, we'll finally crack that. Well, if this podcast goes awry, we may. We may just happen right smack dab. There you go. Middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we jump into you know starting the band thing, you know making that decision, obviously, uh, the finishing college thing. Did you get any pushback? Um, it sounds like your your dad was very you know supportive of it. You know, gave you gave you the encouraging words to hey, you might want to you know finish off the schooling and, and then right. make your musical pursuit. But that's a right. you know when you're going into uh, like you said to to be a doctor, get into the medical field, the, you know one of the professions that you really want to have a person who has a college education doing yeah. your you, you want to have them have some uh, some knowledge. But any, you know, was there any pushback like, mm, you know, music, that's, that's going to be a struggle. And, you know, you're going to be in a van with a bunch of dudes. Well, yeah, it's my mom uh, for the first probably three, three or so years that we were in the band. Uh, she would always tell me, you know, you're going to have to get a real job one of these days. <laughs> yeah, which she meant it all out of love, you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah. And then uh, I think we opened, we, we want to contest and we got to open up for bon jovi in uh yeah. in dallas at american Airlines center and uh she got to go and like they got to be in like a luxury box thing and like with all our all the rest of the families of the band members and stuff mm -hmm. like that and uh i don't think i think that was the night she quit saying that <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, when you're hanging out with uh, with John, John and the guys, you know, like oh, you've made it now. You're good. It was pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I want to dive more into that story, but we'll we'll kind of circle back into. You're on a balcony drinking whiskey. We're gonna start. Yeah. A, we're gonna start a band. Where does the, you know, how does the pursuit and you know bringing other members in and and coming up with a name how. So I was working at the coffee shop mm -hmm. in Palestine. It's a old Magnolia. Um, if anybody ever is in Palestine, check that out. Stop it's by. A, still there. <laughs> um, so the the owner, I was really good friends with the owner of Old Magnolia. Um, he would let me. Um, I would work half the week with my granddad up in Tyler, which is about an hour from here, and then I would work the other half of the week on the weekends at the coffee shop. And I would stay with the owner. He's a really good buddy of mine. Um, but he would he would let basically let the leave us the keys and let us practice in the coffee shop after nice. it closed down every night. So uh, I called up a buddy of mine, uh, Kenneth Irwin, uh, that I knew from high school, and he was in a bunch of metal bands and, and stuff like that back in the day, um, or back when we were in, in high school. And uh, I knew he could play guitar, so I called him up and I asked him, if, you know, if he wanted to come jam. And so the three of us basically just kind of started jamming. Um, we played our very first show on a flatbed trailer at the uh, Natchez High School spring carnival um it was we just called a buddy of ours to play bass mm. um uh he'd never practiced with us before that day but <laughs> we only had to play we only played like four or five songs right. and uh i'm sure it went terribly but it was fun <laughs> and uh uh but anyway we just basically we we kind of got together uh nathan called a buddy of his uh chris davis and we were a four piece for the first probably two uh, one and a half, two years that we were banned, and we just took every gig that we could find and, and played anywhere and everywhere. Um, we'd play most of the gigs around here. There's like honky tonks, dance halls type of thing, um, and uh, you play for basically 45 minutes, and then you take a break, and you do that for four or five hours mm. a night, basically. And so we just we learned a bunch of covers, and we um, every now and then we'd throw in originals and stuff like that. Um, and we ended up through through gigging. We ended up meeting Kiefer uh, Ryan Kiefer, yeah. our lead guitar player. Um, he was in another band uh, with his cousin called Chasing the New South, which was a country band. Right. But he really wanted to play rock, and uh, we had just started writing uh, rock songs, and we were playing the songs, a lot of the songs from uh, our first record, I Am. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, "Man, I really dig that." And we kind of he he started coming around and jamming and. So we became five piece after that, and a uh, couple more member changes here and there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, our bass player Cat was working at a he was a sound guy at a venue up in Tyler where he's played out all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Ki had left the band and he went to move to Nashville. He wanted to go do some solo stuff, and uh, so we asked Cat to come jam with us and play guitar. He actually played with guitar at the time. And then uh, Chris left the band, and Ki ended up moving back from Nashville. So Cat flipped over to bass, and uh, Ki was playing guitar for a while. And then he uh, he left again uh, to to go. Uh, and basically, we went on our first tour. Uh, that one we came and saw you actually at yeah. the radio station. And uh, man, it was it was tough. It was sixty days straight, seven seven grown men in a van, like you like you were talking <laughs> about earlier. And uh, it got stinky and it got hot and uh, it got 
you know, we were all super, super worn out and tired and everything. And, uh, he, uh, he decided that that wasn't, that wasn't for him, you know, the tour life. Um, he, he likes traveling, but he likes, you know, staying at the places he's traveling for a little while, you know? So, um, he actually has built himself a badass, uh, van like that he finished out the inside on it's got a loft bed in it and a desk <laughs> and, i mean it's it's sick that's cool man. and uh he, tra- he travels around the country now and uh kind of picks up odd, odd jobs here and there and uh he's he's a cool cat man he's, he's a different cat but uh then uh whenever he left that second time we got a uh, chuck wet for our our, our wisconsinite yep. um t- took over guitar duties for for him so it's been a now that I now that I've spelled it all out, it's been pretty twisted. Uh, <laughs> pretty but, twisted little road to get to this point, but yeah. but you know that's it. All sounds really nice, you know, when you're when you have the the dream at first, you know, when you're you're starting to write originals and you're starting to jump on, you know, probably doing some weekend gigs and you know, you like you talked about playing the forty five minutes and taking a break and doing forty five minutes yeah. again. You're kind of, but you're still within, you know travel distance of your home and a shower yeah. and you know the amenities that you know normal humans you know, take for granted every single day. But when you, when you have the drive to go out and you know, like, no, this is like, we need to know we, we have, we have to do 60 days in a row because we, you know, we have a, a milestone we want to reach. We want to get to these, these stations and we want to get to these festivals. You know, when you get through that, it's not for everybody. It's not something that everybody goes, yeah, let's do that forever. Like, let's, yeah. like, I want, this is going to be my thing. And, you know, there's obviously, there's always not just the struggles of being on the road, um, because they, they come with their own anecdotal things that come up, whether it's a, a, a van that breaks down or an axle busts on the back of a trailer, you know, that shit happens, you know, more often than, you know, you want it to. <laughs> Had both of those things. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, in the last, uh, last tour, but, you know, yeah. there, that doesn't even begin to touch on, you know, the strain of, not just family relationships, because obviously if you're, if you're pursuing this, you hopefully have some family support, but if you're in a relationship or there's anything like that, it's one thing to be like, babe, I'm going to go be a rock star. I'll be back in two months, but then to actually go through it. Those things can, uh, they can be hard to survive. And some people are like, you know, it's just, that's just not my gig. That's not my thing. That's, that's why I think the successful ones and the ones that continue to put out music and, and, like you guys working, you know, get the new record coming out next week. You have to, you have to be able to kind of scar your mind with, well, that sucked, but now we know how to deal with that. And you can move on to the next thing. And some people don't want to deal with the, with the struggles of uh, the road. And, you know, man, I hope we sell enough merch today. <laughs> hope we sell the merch Absolutely. of this show. I mean, uh, I had, I think I had somebody, somebody one time, um, that told us it was an A&R, he was an A&R guy for a label for a long time. He was like, I'm looking for losers that have their shit together, if that makes any sense. <laughs> That's but, what you know, need to have. No, you know, no kids, no felonies, no, you know. <laughs> like, but, but guys that can pretty much just drop everything at a, at a, on a dime and, and go do 60 days in a van right. or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. And can you live out of, you know, you have this much space to store your shit and, yeah. and, it, and it, you know, whether it's clean and dirty, it's all going in the same, the same thing. And have you visited a, a Walmart parking lot recently? You know, you, cause that's where you're going to be, you know, sleeping and that's waking cool. up and truck stops and all the fun stuff. Truck stops are awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, 
I, w- I would just like to put that out there. They're the best kept secret in America. Um, truck stop showers, very solid. It's a five star experience. And then you know sometimes you do you do find some uh, some quality cuisine at some of these places too. I mean, you never know when you're gonna be like, oh, they got a little restaurant attached here. Let's try it. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing better than finding a truck stop with a Denny's and just being able to sit for a little bit and, uh, you know, drink coffee. Stuff. Breathe it so. all in, man. Breathe it all in. You are uh, your workout guy. You lift. You like to throw heavy things around. I do. I do. <laughs> where did where did that uh, that start? You know, has it been like a thing from high school, or was it more of a, a recent addition to the? Not recent, because obviously, when the first time we met several years ago, you were throwing heavy weights around. So, <laughs> um, I it started. Uh, I played football pretty much. For most of life, um, well, you're, well you're you're in Texas. Of course, you played football, right? Right. <laughs> Before that, I lived in Georgia, so it's yeah. kind of the same thing. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Uh, uh, but yeah, I just I've my whole life since I was probably ten years old, I've been lifting weights and, and trying to do that stuff. And I went and played in college, and uh, pretty much the second that I was done with football, I kept eating like I was playing football. <laughs> and I ballooned up. Ballooned up to about 300 pounds, um, and then we started this band, and I was still 300 pounds for the first couple of years. But I, I just I needed to make a change, man. It, it made me better, you know, better singing, better at performing, better, you know. I mean, it's it's hard to hard to move around if you're a fat boy. So, and yeah, and you know, we um, talked about the struggles of the road and stuff. You know, there is we talked about roadside, you know truck stops and food here and oh, yeah. there, you know, you add in, you know, any sort of workout regimen into that and it just adds a whole, I mean, that's like next level dedicated to not only, like you said, having to be, have some physical shape and have energy to go out and, and, you know, put on a either 30 minute show, 45 minute show or 90 minute show, and then load all the shit up <laughs> and get back on the road. So yeah, it just add a whole bunch more work in there. Oh Yeah. Um, we, we actually, this past tour, we're cool, uh, had some dumbbells and like a, like a little barbell and stuff with like, you know, the, the pig iron and stuff like that, yeah. like you'd find in a bit, your backyard and just basically did prison yard workouts oh, yeah. in the parking lots. So, uh, which I'm not sure if you're supposed to breathe in that many diesel fumes, but, <laughs> sure. uh, it actually, it, it made the workout go easier. So I don't, I don't, I can't fault it. So. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think that that shows because you, you obviously are aware of the, the, the dedication that it takes to maintain that kind of regiment for your body. But to add it on top of the regiment you need to maintain to be performing artists and to do, you know, five, six, you know, five or six shows in a row and then have an off day. Um, you know, that's that a lot of that is 95 percent of that's mental because you, you have to be able to say after a late night. All right, well, we're at, uh, you know, we're in Kennesaw, Georgia. We need to fucking throw the weights off of the truck here and start lifting heavy things. Yeah, that's pretty much, um, it's all about, it's really all about getting in a routine, man. Like if you can, the way you make it through those, you know, six or seven day stretches where you got to do, you know, seven shows in a row or something Mm -hmm. like that, or six shows, which is, is tough. Um, for me personally, as a vocalist, it's really tough yeah. to keep, like you really, you have to be in good shape. You have to take care of your body and stuff like that. Otherwise, 
I know everybody thinks it's all partying and like <laughs> like Motley, like it, like the dirt movie it's like or the something. Dirt. Like that, but yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. it, you, that you you don't last very long if you if you live like that, man. And uh, we learn we learn that from all those guys. Those guys, yeah. a lot of them aren't around anymore. But uh, yeah, it's it's about getting that routine going. And if you can get that routine going, and you can say, all right, I'm wake up, I'm gonna work out at this time. I got interview at this time, you know and just do that every day then you're more more than likely you're going to be successful you know yeah because it's not just load in go to the next venue sound check rest right play the show i mean you guys and i think a lot of bands have to be now is you have to be it's lining up interviews it's you know me taking an hour out of your night tonight you know to to do on this podcast but it's there's so much that goes into a day for working bands that are on the road that are that are out touring that are you know doing night after night you know, rest, uh, I guess when you're dead, sleep when you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. You can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> you get plenty then. Yeah. Where the wind blows. Um, uh, when that song came out, obviously, you know, had some chart success, uh, did the festival tour, obviously you had your own gigs in between. Um, what did that second record burn the ships, which I, I just, so fantastic. Um, I still rock. You, My wife and I both have the, uh, the black t-shirt with the ship on it, burn the ships. Oh, yeah. um, we wear it loud and proud up here. That third album, the one that's coming out, what is, what's your mindset going into that? Cause you did have some, you had success with the single. You got a chance to kind of get out and, you know, get some better slots at the festivals and, you know, get some, be- you know, on some better tours. And, you know, you guys have played with some amazing acts, uh, you know, not even on the festival scene, but what's the mindset going in to get ready for this new record to come out? I think the mindset that pretty much any band, like anytime you're doing a new record, it's like, all right, well, this has got to be the best thing that we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And yet, I mean, you don't want to get worse, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and hopefully we didn't, but, uh, this is the first record, this new record, it's called under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, this is the first record where we completely 100% of the writing process. We didn't have day jobs. So we, uh, we sat here, we all lived together in this house. Um, and we went and bought some recording equipment and stuff and basically just wrote and recorded stuff 24 hours a day for mm-hmm. like six months or so and kind of just worked out ideas and um, kind of drove ourselves insane and, and tried to <laughs> just try to just try to get what we thought was like kind of the best uh, the best stuff we could come up with. So, I mean, that's that was the idea going into this one was just do better i guess was that do you think that you know living in the same quarters uh being around each other uh obviously they're they're probably like you said maybe with some people driving each other crazy because you are <laughs> confined and but but obviously you're all after the same the end game is the same you know it's to, oh, yeah. it's to put out great songs to write great songs is being in that close proximity do you think that helped the pro i mean it's a long process i mean six months you know that's that's actually getting to take some time and really dig your teeth into a, into a record. Do you think that helped, you know, all being in the same, in the same house together? Definitely, man. I yeah. mean, uh, at, at any time of the day, if somebody had an idea, it was mm-hmm. like, you can, you don't have to lay it down. Like a lot of bands, you know, that live in, in separate house, you know, all across, all around the country or whatever, yeah. you know, they got to lay down an idea. They got to email it to their buddy and then just wait and see what happens where, whereas I can go across the hall here and knock on Kiefer's door and just be like, Hey man, I got this idea. Can you help me, uh, flush it out or, you know, 
uh, and and vice versa. Yeah. And like we could just we get the whole band together in five minutes. Um, you know, the four of us live here, and then Chuck lives two minutes down the road right here. So yeah. we can all be in the same room and and jamming out. You know, trying to trying to write a song in in no time. So it it really does help. That's got to be good for the. If you you have an idea, whether it's lyrically, whether it's you know this uh, a riff or a beat that's in your head, if you sit on that, sometimes that thought all of a sudden is completely different than when you originally thought of it, and it, and it's really tough to find that like that was kind of it. Yeah, I guess that that's good enough. But when you have somebody that's like, if Kiefer is right across the door, and you just you know can you know throw something at him, be like, hey, I got this idea, and you can flush it out right there. That's that's when the magic happens. Yeah, you get more of that. You get more of the lightning in the bottle kind of thing yeah. where you're like, this is it right here. Like, yeah. And so it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't change up like from that, that little bit of waiting or, or whatever. Yeah. You guys got the record. It's ready to go. Got a new single out. It's doing really well. Phenomenal song. Love it. When you have now, this will be the third record under your belt and you've been able to, and, and you guys are doing this really cool thing, which I wanted to talk about is really integrate your fans into this not only this album release, but the process and be you know you're doing you know videos like what you're doing one video a day with the band and doing an acoustic song for your fans. How has technology uh, intertwined itself with what Blacktop Mojo does as far as getting their their sound out and, and letting their fans be a part of the you know it's it's peeking behind the curtain. Oh, absolutely! I think um, we're fortunate enough to have that opportunity to be in this day and age like you. You said it's it's not as easy as it used to be, you know, to to be a huge band, you know, to blow up overnight or whatever. Mm. But uh, it's it's also easier than it's ever been to to find a fan base and to find people that like your music and and to create a community out of those people and and really like I I feel like that's uh, what we're trying to do is is kind of just create a big family, a, a big group of, of people that we like hanging out with and then we like seeing when we go around the country and stuff. Yeah. Um, the technology's allowed us to do that for sure. Do you ever find it weird? Like say you guys are doing a, an impromptu Facebook live video and whether you're on the road or whether you're sitting in the house uh, or just jamming or doing a Q and a that you're just sitting there, you know, in Texas and you'll be like, Hey, let's go live. And all of a sudden these people who are doing something else in their life, they're walking the dog, they're at work, they're at school, they're, you know, doing something completely focused on something that's in their life. And they get a little right. ding on their phone. It's like Blacktop Mojo is live and they're like, Well, fuck that. I don't goodbye. <laughs> Good, goodbye, Fido. Hang on a second. I wanna I wanna see what these boys are doing. That's is that is that cool? I mean, that's that's gotta be kind of a wow, like people will adjust their lives according to when we're like, let's talk. No, it's awesome, man. Yeah. It's uh it's always cool to see like I mean, I think I had a chick, there's a chick from Italy yesterday that was like, when are you coming to Italy? It's like, <laughs> you don't, you don't ever think we're in the middle of nowhere in, in East Texas. You don't ever think you're reaching or right. that you'd ever be able to talk to somebody on the other side of the world or, or, or anything like that. You know, it's, it's awesome, man. Or that your music is, is, is a global, you know, and that's what technology has done. You know, bands may not be able to blow up like they did in the, in the eighties and nineties, you know, even more so the, you know, the eighties when it was like the show and you went out and it was the big tours and the big and, and pyro and all this other stuff. Now you, you have this device in your hand, which we are, you know, recording a podcast on that yeah. can really send 
things that you write and things that your band puts together. And now it's in Italy and that person's just like ordering shirts and, you know, wants you to come on. Like, hey, come on. You can stay at my house. It's fine. Come oh, on yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. I'll make dinner. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing in the fact that you can, you can reach that point where you, where you have friends and, and fans or whatever all over the world. But it's also, it can be a curse, like you said, uh, because there is, anybody has that accessibility. So like yeah. anybody can start a band, anybody can start a Facebook page or, I mean, there's a lot of, so there is a lot of, of noise. I mean, you starting your podcast is the same kind of, um, you got to break through that, that have to kind of scream over top of and try to separate yourself from the, from the pack. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, one of the biggest struggles that, you know, that I've gone through in this transition into a new, uh, a new form of media. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it's taking a talent and using it in, in how technology is, is moving its direction, but there's yeah. so much out there. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to put a podcast out and make it a global no. thing. But what you do need to have, and I'm anal retentive, so I have like a nice mixing board, and I, you know, I bought you know the yeah. fancy microphone and and oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, you want to be able to to stand out and and be different. And however that happens, however it's you know talking to guys like you and guys in, in the bands that when fans go to a show and they see you for that 90 minutes and they don't know, I mean, they know, but they don't think about you after you're done and whether you're standing by the merch table signing autographs you have to go load you have to head to the next town you got another show these people are their day was excited for the show get pretty for the show go to the show drink at the show meet the band after the show go home and go to bed you know what yeah. what i think this what i love doing on this podcast and not just with musicians but with you know people in all fields is like the stories because that's what i think fans really love hearing is how you know, how did Matt James, you know, what was the first song that he heard? He was like, yeah, that's, that's badass. You know, when you, when you hear Eddie Van Halen and you're like, damn, yeah, that's, that's my thing. You know, people love hearing that stuff. So you hope that that can break through the noise of a lot of other stuff that's out there. And it takes, you know, hopefully one of your fans will listen and be like, yeah, that was really cool. I learned something today about, about Blacktop Mojo. I didn't know before. And, you know, they all live in the same house and they get in a van and they stink, you know, this human, yeah. it's human stuff. It's a, uh, it's a powerful smell. <laughs> it really is. It, uh, <laughs> it smells like East Texas, East Texas yeah. and man. Yeah. A lot of man. So the new record, Tell me about it. Uh, you know, it's coming out on Friday the 13th. You guys must not be superstitious, which is good, you know, believers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it was Friday the 13th whenever we first. <laughs> hey, maybe it'll be lucky. You know what it is? Uh, and, and somebody, I can't remember who it was. It was an artist or a, no, it was uh, Wilt Chamberlain, I believe, who said he had, he wore number 13, not because it was bad luck for him, but it was bad luck for everybody else. So coming out on the yeah, on Friday the thirteenth, like that's bad luck for every other album that's coming out because Mojo's coming through. There you go. I'm definitely gonna hold on to that that quote for sure. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's ten songs. We got it's called Under the Sun. Mm -hmm. It's about uh it's named after a uh, there's a verse in the Bible uh, talking about uh the life during the life of King Solomon where he's basically like finding love in all the wrong places. Like I mean, he's just going through women and wine and 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 sex and drugs and you know and i feel like it's a it's an experience that we all 
go through at some point, you know, where you have to find, you're trying to find peace and you're trying to find love in, in all the wrong things when you, all you really have to do is look inwardly. And right. I think that's, or, uh, you know, to something, to a, to a higher power for a lot of people, or, right. you know, I mean, to find that inner peace. And I think, uh, I think well, that that's what we named the album after. Uh, Cause um, there's nothing new under the sun. We all, we all make the same mistakes and we're all, uh, we're all human. Yeah. Sometimes we learn from them and sometimes we're like, no, nope, I'm just going to do that over and over again. Just get a tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep on trying hey, that shit. It's all, it's all, it's all part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> you learn, you live and you learn. And sometimes you just have to keep on learning every single day. Amen. Uh, so new album again, uh, Friday the 13th, September 13th, uh, available everywhere. I'm sure digital downloads and all that uh, stuff. But as far as the rest of, 2019 goes and into the new year hitting the road we'll, we'll be uh here in, here in i think a week and a half or so we'll be on the road with buck cherry for a little bit oh, nice. um uh, doing about 10 days with them and then uh i'm not allowed to announce it yet but uh october through uh the end of november we'll be on the road um, with a couple of or a, a few other bands that we're pretty excited to be on the road with. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be a, it'll be another headliner run, and uh, we'll be going up the West Coast, and um, hopefully, hopefully back down through the Midwest because uh, people in Wisconsin like to rock. So we do, and we don't even care about the weather. You know, it'll be, be fucking forty-five exactly. below zero and ten feet of snow. We're like, let's go to the rock show. Well, yeah, we were playing Rock USA, and uh, it got evacuated because of the weather. And oh, everybody yeah. was mad about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gonna be fine. It's it, we're gonna survive <laughs> it's this. Just <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, there was. I think there was a video. Uh, I, can't, I think it might have been from Rockfest, but it, because they both uh, happened over the same that same weekend, and both experienced yeah. some pretty severe weather. And there's a dude. Uh, a video of a dude, and I'll, I'll I'll shoot it over to you, standing in the campground, and it's there's got to be 65, 70 mile an hour winds, and he's just pouring his beer up in the air, and it's shooting right into his mouth. It was like, <laughs> he's like, That's <sighs> and it's just yeah, right in right into the. You know, I mean, mostly all over his face, but I'm sure he got a couple of drops. I mean, that's American ingenuity. It's fun, right you know. There. It's it's utilizing you know the tools that are presented before you. You're like, well, I mean, I, I could drink it, but I've been provided with seventy mile an hour winds. I may as well make a show. That's a very uh, that's a very lemons lemonade situation right there. And it's a very Wisconsin thing. It is so you know. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that could have made it more Wisconsin if it was uh, fried cheese curds yeah. flying in. I was gonna say, yeah, he pro- he probably already had some of those earlier. You can you can yeah. tell by you can tell by his body shape. He was not afraid of the curd. <laughs> body by curd. Body by curd. You know what? That's a thing. We should make that that's, a thing. That's you know, a thing. we got there's so many damn fairs and festivals around here. We're just we're gonna come out with some a t-shirt line. I like it. Let's make it happen. I want in. <laughs> <laughs> I want 49%. 49%. Uh, well, lastly, uh, thank you uh, for the time. I know, you know, this, when you get ready for, you know, that record to come out, there's there's so many different things going on, and you guys are just attacking it, you know, on social media. There's finishing touches and, and making sure everything is set to go for next week. But uh, but to take the time out to have a conversation, man, it means a lot to me um, and, and to the listeners uh, of the podcast. So thank you. Oh, dude, anytime, man. Anytime. And uh, everybody go get the damn new record. Comes out on the 13th of September. Oh, yeah. And you can pre-order it right now. Blacktopmojo.com. It's called Under the Sun. And uh, we're pretty excited. Comes out next week. Can't Sleep is the new single. Definitely check that out. And uh, I guess I'll leave you with this. Go, Pat, go. 
Okay, bear down. <laughs> there, there it is. Matt, Jimmy, James, Black Top Mojo. Um, you guys are all over social media, right? Just uh, search Black Top Mojo and they'll be able to find you guys. Give it a Google. <laughs> Give, it, Give put it a Google. Put it in the Google machine and see what happens. There we go. Uh, appreciate it, brother. Uh, good luck with the album release, uh, the tour of Buck Cherry, and the soon-to-be-announced-yet secretively sort of right. mentioned. Don't you hate, don't you hate that? Uh, the suspense, man. It's killing me. <laughs> yeah. It's killing me. And uh, next time you're up in the great state, we're going to open this up. That bad boy Absolutely. is getting drank. Got to crack it open. And somewhere around here is a picture of all you guys laying in a bed together. I can't, I can't remember if that made it up on the wall. Okay. <laughs> like, thanks. Ooh, whiskey. Oh, picture of a bunch yeah. of dudes in bed. Yeah. This is a very awkward picture. <laughs> hey, Matt, thank you so much, brother. Uh, my best to all the guys. And, uh, and uh, like I said, uh, best of luck for the rest of the year. And uh, let's, let's touch base when you guys are up here. Absolutely, brother. Thanks, we'll see brother. you then. Appreciate it.